You might recognize Brendan Dunlop from flicking the channels, watching your favorite sports team, or getting caught up with the sports highlights on Sportsnet as he is one of the lead anchors. Join me, Drake Damore, as we talk to Brendan about growing up in Windsor, making that jump into the journalism and sports media, and all the cool things he's been able to do through his job with The Score and Sportsnet. Hello, how are you doing? It's Zach Cassie. Adam Henry. Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Todd Warner. Brett Romberg. DJ Laramie. And Holy McIntyre, you're listening to Wind City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Drake Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast. The radio show airs live on CJAM. 99.1 FM every Thursday at 12.30 and replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. The radio show features highlights from the podcast interviews here on the show, lots of local sports news, and some good music. Here on the pod, you'll hear the full uncut and unedited versions with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and much more. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at WinCity underscore sports, and as well as our WinCity Sports YouTube channel with some WinCity Sports exclusives and cool videos. And follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're on everything, or directly go to WinCitySports.com. Talk all about that at the end of the show as we normally do, but today is Thursday, March 5th, 2020, and it's episode 185 of Win City Sports. Man, the year is rolling on. January was a long one. February flew by and now it's already March. Doesn't even feel like it. Um, and I don't know why. We're going to get back into some different sports soon enough as baseball is, is starting very soon, actually, at the end of this month. Uh, training camp's been going on. Uh, we will have soccer coming back as well with our Windsor TFC. Um, looking forward to the baseball teams as well. And, and also, of course, the Detroit Tigers coming back to play. And I kind of bring that up because today we're talking to an individual. I'm not too sure if we've had, uh, well, we have had some some broadcasters, of course, in, in Joe Siddle, uh, who, who was a former MLB player as well. Uh, but today we're talking to a guy who doesn't really focus on hockey or, or any of the sports that we're used to here in Windsor. But he is from Windsor. He's a Catholic Central guy, grew up in the Walkerville area, as you hear all about. You already know who it is. It's Brendan Dunlop this week on the Win City Sports Podcast. If you don't know who he is, just Google him, and, and you might. You might recognize him from Sportsnet. He's been, and on the score as well, as we talk about. The score was uh, pretty much like Canada's, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but it was like the third the third best uh, sports network out there, just below, obviously, Sportsnet and TSN. And they they started off careers with a guy like like Brandon and and Cabby <laughs> Cabby on the street as I mentioned we always uh, used to watch that before school um, so this week on the, on the show we're talking to a broadcaster a journalist who's in the sports media world uh, he's, he started off focusing on soccer and of course uh, working for sports and he's expanded out to any sport and every sport I uh, cover a lot of the Toronto Raptors especially in their run through the 2019 championship we talk a lot about that and just kind of talk sports and talk journalism and, you know, how he got into it, um, what you can do to improve and gain crucial experience and all that fun stuff. So I had a great conversation with Brendan this week and uh, decided to drop it right away. Uh, I've been moving some stuff around here on the pod to try 
try and spread out the diversity uh, different sports and as mentioned a lot more coming up and I have a lot in the bank for some some unique ones that I hope you guys like so we'll be getting to those in the next few weeks and we're going to get into that interview with Brendan in just a little bit but I want to tell you about our Windsor Lancer athlete Oh boy, of the week. Usually we have two Lancer Athletes of the Week, but as you know, a lot of the sports are, are done or uh, beginning to wrap up. Um, but this week, our only Athlete of the Week is from the men's volleyball team and Brad Gaimi. Brad was one of the Lancer's bright spots on Saturday evening in, Kit- in Kingston during the OUA quarterfinals versus Queens. The fifth year opposite in his last career match for the Blue and Gold reached double figures in points recording eight kills, one ace, and one block during the three-set match. Brad's powerful attacks set the tone early for the Lancers and kept the match close throughout the contest. Brad ends his U-Sports career with over 1,000 points, OUA and U-Sports All-Rookie Team, as well as OUA All-Star Honors, two bronze medals, and an appearance at the U-Sports National Championship Tournament. So congratulations to Brad on his... Um, his career and on being named the Windsor Lancer Athletes of, Athlete of the Week via GoLancers.ca this week. Now, without further ado, we're going to get into that interview with sportscaster, Sportsnet's own Brendan Dunlop. Here we go. Right now on the phone, we have a Windsor-born broadcaster slash sportscaster, whatever you want to call it, on Sportsnet, Brendan Dunlop. Welcome to Win City Sportsman. How you doing? Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So I want to start with a little bit about growing up in Windsor. I know you're a Catholic Central guy, but just tell me about, you know, kind of the area you grew up, what your family was like, all that fun stuff you like to share. Yeah, I grew up in Walkerville, uh, so I did, did actually the long walk all the way to Catholic Central, which I just recently uh, Google Maps with my wife to realize it's like 3K I used to walk every day, almost, uh, almost 3K each way. Um, so uh, that definitely kept me busy, a lot of early mornings. Um, but uh, yeah, I grew up playing hockey. Uh, at Adstall Arena there, I uh, played a little soccer too in Windsor, but yeah, spent, spent a lot of time in Walkerville, uh, uh, riding the bike around that neighborhood, and uh, Windsor's a pretty cool place to grow up, man. Oh, definitely, there's a lot to offer here, and being close to, to Detroit as well, as I'm sure you're uh, like that with, you know, being a sports yeah. fan, I can assume. Yeah, big, I'm a big Tigers fan, actually. You know, yeah. The Tigers are the only Detroit team that I really claimed. Uh, yeah, I guess I was that strange kid that, that chose the Cleveland Browns over the Lions, because I realized the uh, the Lions weren't very good when I was a kid, and the uh, the Browns were available on CBS. So I thought, you know, what better team to cheer for than a, a team whose fans dress up like dogs and whose logo is an orange <laughs> dot? And there's a uh, you know an old uh, old mean white guy that's going to move them away. Uh, so yeah, I, I chose the Browns, and then uh, they came back, and I, I stuck with the Browns. But mm-hmm. uh, I do I do kind of regret that decision. <laughs> yeah, it didn't I, uh, didn't age too well, eh? No, it didn't, didn't <laughs> age too well. But uh, but you know the Tigers had those World Series uh, runs. And flirted yeah. with greatness and uh, had some really great teams. It was just a, a real shame. We're going to look back at this chapter with Miguel Cabrera and you know, regret how it was wasted without a ring. Oh, absolutely, man. And I find like the football team, you know, your favorite football team, it could be anywhere just based on the sport. But of course, around here, like when it comes to hockey and, and baseball and stuff like that, it's a lot of Toronto fans, a lot of Detroit fans, and kind of anything outside that realm. I find it's kind of weird when people are like, you know, like a Chicago Blackhawks fan or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, people ask me all the time because I'm not a Wings fan. They're, they're surprised. Uh, I moved to Toronto right after high school, um, but I said, "Well, the Wings were never really like on TV. They were, they were the games weren't as accessible as the Leafs. So you kind of chose the Leafs because you could see them, or you chose yeah. the Leafs because or the Wings because maybe you went to quite a few games a season. Otherwise, you just listen to them on the radio and you're catching highlights whenever they're on a national package or you know in the playoffs, which 
was a lot when uh, I was a kid. The Wings were in the playoffs all the time, but uh, I feel like there's a lot more Leafs fans than Wings fans. Oh, 100%. I mean, and it's kind of passed down too, right? Like, I was a Leafs fan because of my dad and, and so forth for other people who are, like, these random team fans. But, like, it's just around this Windsor area, you know, of course. It's Detroit across the border, and the closest one is Toronto. Yeah, well, I have to admit, I was a Colorado fan in the mid-'90s. Yeah. Uh, big, big Avalanche fan. And I remember listening to that uh, that game, that first Patrick Wall fight with, uh, with Mike Verna. I remember listening to that game on the radio and just uh, being, being so angry that there was no – TV access to what seemed like it should be a national game uh, just... to begin with, and it turned into uh, just, a, just a crazy game. But I, I got to listen to it on WJR, so that was as close as I got. <laughs> I was going to say, that's funny. You're listening to radio uh, hockey games back then. <laughs> yeah. There was a, uh, you know, radio, I, I listened to a lot of radio, and Ernie Harwell doing the Tigers games. Is, uh, I say this all the time. Like Probably the reason I got into, into media. Yeah. Um, I didn't, didn't get to see as many Tigers games either. Uh, but baseball on the radio is a bit more traditional, I guess, right? And, I mean, that mm-hmm. voice is just iconic. So yep, I fell legend. asleep a lot uh, listening to Ernie Harwell. I used to, uh, I used to actually kind of love when they were on the West Coast because I, I got to stay up for a little bit longer. If I could make it to the third inning when the Tigers were on the West Coast listening to Ernie, uh, that was a pretty good achievement. But, yeah, uh, yeah def- I definitely missed miss that voice. And um, that play, I don't know if you saw the play that Mitch Album did uh, on, I believe it was just called Ernie. It was just a two-person play. He did that second city. That's one of the best things I've ever seen. It was, oh, it was phenomenal. That's cool. I have to look that one up. But that's I, really, I, really good. I figured you would have been like a big uh, soccer guy because you kind of focused on that in your work, at least from the beginning. But you mentioned you played uh, some hockey as well. Were you always like a sports kid? Always a sports kid, yeah. I did play soccer just kind of like one year, uh, really competitive, and then uh, and I got dropped. And that kind of <laughs> uh, shifted my, my soccer love to purely watching it as a fan. Um, I, I play like now, like a uh, co-ed in men's league. Uh, picked that up again in university, but I, I didn't play soccer for a long time. But I always liked it. Used to go see the uh, used to go see the indoor team that um, that used to play at um, at Cobo Arena there. Uh, the indoor the Rockers, they were the yeah. Detroit Rockers. Um, that was cool. And then the weird thing about growing up in Windsor too, as I explained to people, is like my introduction to international soccer was actually the U.S. men's national team. Because the Canadian team just wasn't on TV, yeah. so you know Kobe Jones and uh, Eddie Pope and you know a lot of these guys from like the late '90s. Uh, that was my introduction to, to guys on the international stage. Obviously, you know Lawless and, and USA '94. Um, so my my uh, real introduction to international level soccer was watching the USA, and uh, I, I cheered I cheered for them because Canada <laughs> just wasn't wasn't accessible. They weren't on TV. They weren't playing in these tournaments. And uh, I remember going to see them once. I think we saw them. Was it Lansing? I forget who the states were playing. Maybe it was someone like Honduras. And there was still like a bunch of uh, Honduran fans in the in the stands. And I remember the Americans saying that that's well, that's why they play in these in these random places so they can make sure that they're you know American fans there. And then you see in Canada they play in Montreal and it's it looks like a Honduran home game. Um, so yeah, well, uh, weird weird experience with uh, with soccer growing up, kind of cheering for cheering for the states there. But uh, watching how the Canadian program has grown now and. It's, it's, it's really exciting. I mean, with Alfonso Davies and, and uh, Jonathan David uh, playing over in Europe and Belgium, uh, there's a really, really bright future for Canada now. And uh, having the World Cup here in 2026 is just going to be huge. It's going to help grow the game leaps and bounds, you know. Um, but one of the reasons I love soccer is USA 94. Um, so I, I feel that, that, that 2026 is going to have the same effect on a lot of kids in, in Canada and push the game forward, which, uh, which is going to be really special. 
100%. So you, you've been around sports, obviously, your whole life. Uh, rather be playing or just going to games, as you were just talking about. And uh, you talked a little bit about some inspiration. Uh, but how did you want to kind of get into broadcasting, journalism, or whatever it was? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, like, when the switch flipped, I think I was uh, in grade school. I kind of had this the fantasy of, oh, this is, I'll be an actor or something. And I had a teacher who said, uh, her name was Mrs. Nickett. She was my eighth grade teacher. I went to St. Angela. And she said, uh, the, the, one of our first assignments, it was probably the first week of school, was to write at one page on what you wanted to be when you grow up. And so she just kind of pulled the class and get to me and said, oh, I'm going to be an actor. And she said, oh, you're going to play at that theater over there downtown? And what is the Capitol Theater? What was the, uh, yeah. the, the <laughs> big theater downtown? And I was like, no, no, I'm going to do like, you know, big movies. She's like, yeah, okay. She's like, I know you have other interests. You should write about doing something else. Then we're going home being offended. Like, Mrs. Mickish doesn't think I could be an actor? Well, I can't believe that. <laughs> and uh, so I, I sat and thought about this assignment and uh, uh, used to watch Everybody Loves Raymond with my, with my mom my brother, uh, like almost religiously. And he was a, Raymond was a, was a writer for the mix. I remember thinking, I'm like, wow, like, I would love that. That would be amazing to be a traveling sports reporter. That would be great. So I write eight pages on how I want to be a, a sports reporter. And um, I, I don't know if, what I wrote in the assignment, whether I said anchor or whether I actually said, you know, traveling with a team, but I definitely did this eight-page report on that. And I hand it in and comes back, and she, uh, she comes around and, and gives her one of the papers back, and she hands mine down upside down. She says, yours was the best one by miles. And I flip it over, and it's like a B minus. I'm like, B minus? How is this the best one? It's a B minus. She's like, I told you to write one page. You wrote eight. <laughs> But that was kind of that was kind of the switch. So I, I I was really focused from uh, you know from the beginning of high school on uh, that I wanted to uh, wanted to go to university and pursue broadcast journalism. And I started working at the Score in 2006 uh, after my second year of university. I was working in the archives department um, as a media librarian, kind of archiving the uh, old highlights that we would take kind of every night, uh, clipping games and put them aside so we could use them for reports and features and stuff like that. And I started doing radio at the Score because they got a they had a Series satellite radio station, um, so I was an update uh, update guy on the radio, which was which was really cool for, for a little bit. And then I started hosting a soccer show uh, on that Sirius station with James Sharman and Christian Jack. So that was really the start of, of soccer for me. And then I got onto uh, the Footy Show with them. I was the, the Twitter guy on the Footy Show. And then uh, a couple years after that, Sportsnet came calling. They did a partnership with Fox Fox Soccer to do a show out of Toronto. That was essentially like a Sportsnet Central just for soccer. Uh, called Fox Soccer News, so we did that out, out of Toronto for a year, and then Fox lost the Premier League rights, sadly, to NBC in the States, so they had no need for that show, so that show ended after just a year, and I've been doing Sportsnet Central and Sportsnet ever since, and so uh, yeah, it's great, I, I really haven't worked a day since, uh, <laughs> since university, when I used to work at Leon's Furniture. <laughs> That's funny, so I think you, you went to the University of Guelph, if I'm not mistaken, right? Guelph Humber, yeah, Guelph Humber in Toronto, so it was uh, it was pretty new when I when I went there, it was um, I think I was the third graduating class. So Humber and Guelph kind of came together and created their own curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, in four years, you got a diploma um, and a diploma from Guelph and a degree from from Humber. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. We got to get out in the field a little bit and play videographer. We did a sports desk, I remember, and uh, that was the thing I was most looking forward to. And when I finally got up there to uh, read the prompter and kind of do do a full show, I realized, my God, my vision is horrible. I need contact. So. If it wasn't for that experience, I may never have uh, been comfortable reading a prompter. Yeah, everything's a learning experience, right? 
Totally. So that's what I was going to ask. You know, I'm, I assume that you got some some experience there at the university level, probably just like, you know, whatever role you had in like the streaming of games and broadcasting, uh, like the university sports and stuff like that. And uh, do you feel that that experience is important? You know, to be honest, I didn't get any of that experience uh, <laughs> because we were in Toronto and we weren't um, the, there, there aren't really sports teams like for Guelph Humber. We we're on the campus of Humber, but there was kind of a disconnect. So we didn't really have any access to that. I suppose I could have pursued that, um, but I, you know, I've never done play-by-play. Um, part of the reason why I, I started at the score in 2006 was kind of to get that experience. So all, all my experience really was kind of like in the pros. Okay. Um, I, I didn't uh, I didn't get close to it in university. That's that's something that you know to 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 if I had the chance to do it again, that that's something I would have pursued for sure. I think it would have been great to have, have had access to the Humber teams and kind of been around and cover the games like that. Uh, been able to do a little bit with uh, with U Sports since I've been at Sportsnet. I did mm-hmm. the last three. Um, uh, men's basketball final eight tournaments in Halifax, which were great. That's one of the highlights of my career. Actually, was doing those three with Tim McAllister and Alvin Williams out in Halifax, and uh, some great teams covering Carleton. I mean, uh, their basketball program is just phenomenal. I would love to see them compete against NCAA opposition on a regular basis because uh, I really do think that they would they would hang. Um, so yeah, if I, if I had the chance to go back and do university, I, uh, I would I would definitely pursue being around the teams a little closer yeah for sure so how did you land the gig with uh with the score then just kind of given your your education i suppose yeah that's exactly it um i got an internship first and kind of the start of the summer there which wasn't really tied to my program as much as i just had to be enrolled and mm-hmm. you know pursuing something in journalism uh, that was the only requirement uh, so i got it in archives and then i was uh, kind of fortunate for a bit of a shake-up at the end of the summer i think there was a there was a couple of layoffs in the in the department just at the start of the school year and then i got in there part-time and, and uh, i worked in archives for about uh, four years as well as radio i had like three and a half part-time jobs all at the score for about four years um, so i was pretty pretty fortunate with that yes. it was a great group to be around with cabby and yeah. adnan verk and tim and sid it was, uh, you know, I, I really, they hate when I say this, but I really grew up watching them. So it was, uh, it was pretty sweet to uh, share the office with them and uh, get to work with them. And just listen to the banter, um, you know, uh, as, uh, before they would go up, go up and do their shows. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. Definitely a highlight. Absolutely, man. I remember uh, always watching uh, Cabby on the streets in the morning. So I yeah. agree with you. Always uh, kind of growing up watching those things. And uh, I still miss the score. You know, uh, it's, uh, it was purchased by uh, Sportsnet, I believe. And it kind of fell into where you're at now. It seems like everything has just kind of fallen into place with you, right? Yeah, I've been very fortunate, man. I, I really have. I mean, uh, I left. I left the score just before that happened. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Rogers. Rogers did buy the score in, uh, in 2012 or 2013. Is probably when I went through officially. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, the, all the great score properties that uh, people enjoyed, like wrestling, that's still a, a priority. It's still a still a big deal and a highlight of Sportsnet 360 and you know, missed plays and the, the plays of the month. I was uh, I was sitting there last night like, oh, I should go to bed and then plays of the month came on. I'm like, oh, I'll just watch, you know, the first 10. I ended up sitting there for half an hour because uh, plays are still great. Um, so, uh, so yeah. No, I, I missed the score too, man. It was, uh, it was an exciting time. I think if you talk to anyone that, that worked at the score for any significant amount of time, they would uh, they'll tell you that you know, it definitely helped shape them and uh, no matter how much time they spent there, it would have been a highlight of their professional career for sure. That's awesome. That's what I was kind of hoping for, you know, because the fans say, oh, we missed the score, we missed the score. I, I figured the people involved uh, on, on screen and behind were, were thinking the same thing. Yeah, there was something really special about it. You know, it's kind of, kind of hard to explain, but I think, you know, because it was a kind of a different environment where everyone really was, was cutting their teeth and, yeah. and you were, uh, you know, we all kind of really experimented um, and just, you know, tried a bunch of things uh, to 
because of, of being, uh, you know, number three and not, and not not being one of the big boys with kind of a, a system in place or not having, um, you know, big ticket live events, which which uh, the score didn't didn't have uh, for a long time. Um, so it was uh, it was really cool and working with James Sharman and Christian Jack doing the soccer was uh, was just incredible for me. That I uh, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for doing the radio show with them. And the uh, the confidence I got and experience I got doing radio has uh, definitely definitely uh, shaped me for TV and, and, and made me um, as comfortable with television as I am for sure. Definitely. I mean, so right after school, I mean, you get right into the thick of things with the score and you said like all that vital experience that uh, you had mentioned. But I'm sure you've been a part of a lot of cool memories throughout your line of work. Rather, uh, doesn't matter where it actually was, I suppose. But you know, rather it be on the sports net realm or not. What are some cool memories that come to mind when you think about what you've been able to do through your job? Yeah, I, I've been working with Martin Geyer for the last uh, uh, five, six years doing Sportsnet Central, and we were just talking the other day about how we've, you know, we've worked some really cool shows, really, really standout nights. You know, a lot of Super Bowls together. Um, Martin and I, we were on post game after Kawhi hit the shot and beat the Sixers yeah. uh, in the second round in Game Seven. Uh, I was, I was really cool. You know, working a night I'll never forget. And then um, totally different, uh, totally different feeling. But the Kobe show, uh, we did five hours of TV the day Kobe died on that Sunday. Um, that's definitely a show I'll never forget. A show unlike any other. And then we worked with David Ayers the Saturday night. Uh, the pack of goaltender coming in. Those, those kind of all stand out as, as as shows that I was, you know, really privileged to have been at, at work for, and uh, and and shows that that really stand out. And I've been lucky enough to get a couple gigs um, uh, to work a couple of games in the field. Uh, I'm predominantly a studio guy, so I, I don't get out too often. I mentioned doing those those three uh, U Sports Final Eight tournaments, but uh, beyond that, I've really only done a couple other things. But uh, I was in Texas, deep South Texas, for Christine Sinclair's record goal uh, in January, which was really really special. Actually, um, I'm such a big soccer fan, uh, as you know. So to be able to you know tell people, uh, talk to people around the world who know that the highest uh, international goal scorer of all time is Canadian, um, is pretty special. Really special, and I did the, the Champions League final in 2013 in London, um, Bayern Munich and Dortmund. Um, that was pretty special too. That was the, the last thing I got to do for Fox, which was uh, which is a very cool experience. We did a whole week there, leading up to the game, and then I got to watch the game at Wembley uh, from the from the uh, from almost the commentary box, which was uh, which was really cool. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's got to be really cool for you to be, you know, still kind of a fan in that sense, you know, being able to be part of all these big moments and, and probably meeting some, some very interesting people, maybe even some heroes of your own in the sports world. Do you have any good uh, stories of interactions or any uh, people that stand out, I suppose, when you think back all the people you've been able to interact with over the years? Yeah, it's been pretty cool to have some uh, some conversations with guys who then, uh, then they see you at an event and they come over like they're your friend. Um, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Shane Corson used to play for the Leafs. Um, so I, I was with my wife at a Blue Jays game, and uh, this guy points me out, starts yelling, "Brendan, Brendan!" <laughs> my wife was like, who, "Who's that guy?" She thought it was a fan. I was like, "No, that's uh, Shane Corson of the Leafs. He did a couple events, and he's just a super cool guy." And, uh, I had a couple exchanges with Doug Gilmore, uh-huh. pretty similar kind of same deal. He, you know, he comes over first because he, he recognized me. We were at this big event. Uh, he didn't know anyone else in the room, so he, he came over to, to start chatting me up, which was pretty cool. Um, Denny Podvan, I did a show with Denny Podvan once. I shook his hand, and he shook my elbow. The <laughs> biggest hands of, of anyone I've ever shook. Um, uh, Denny Podvan, that that was pretty cool. And that, you know, surprisingly, that might have been the only time that I was like kind of starstruck. I don't know if it was I wasn't prepared to work with him. Uh, we were just doing a segment or something, but that was like the only time where I kind of felt the voice tremble a little bit. 
like, oh, it's just, uh, you know, I got to really focus here. I, I can't really explain that. It was just Danny uh, Potvin, a legend, a super, super nice guy. It was just uh, there was there was something in that in that moment where I was like, I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm really working with someone, uh, a real big deal here. I better I better bring it. Um, maybe because he's so good on TV, to be honest. Maybe because he's like such a pro on television. That might have <laughs> been why I felt a little nervous in the moment. But uh, but yeah, that that Danny Potvin handshake, I'll, I'll never forget that. That's I'll awesome. Never forget just those little things make a big difference, man. And I feel you with like I, I think like oh I'm never nervous anymore, like whatever, blah blah blah. And then as soon as you're like about to go, you're like oh shit, okay, maybe I didn't prepare enough or something. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, like, probably every, like at that moment you're like shit. Yeah. Every now and then I find that in questions. Uh, you know, I'll have a question and then I find like I kind of don't get to the question mark. I just kind of keep rambling and rambling, and I'm just now I'm giving my own opinion somehow that I try and tie it back to the question. And then you finally finish it, and the guest starts speaking, and you're like, idiot, why did I do that? Why didn't I just get the question out? What did you think about a 42-year-old emergency backup? End of the question. That's it. That's <laughs> right it. to the point. Yeah. That's fucking Something awesome. you learn over time. That's uh, definitely with experience and time and, and getting out of your own head, too, right? It all comes with reps. Absolutely. You never stop learning, either. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%, man. Yeah, I truly believe that. You know, every... Uh, Every, every every shift is a is a new experience to yeah to learn and try things and and uh, been very fortunate over the years to be able to do that in different platforms and with different people and work with a lot of, a lot of pros so it's it's, uh, it's really cool man mm-hmm. yeah like I said you've been able to do so much and and you know like I said you kind of started focusing on soccer but you're you're across the board you're not just like confined to one sport you've been able to be part of so much and uh, I wonder yeah. if you have any maybe personal goals in, in your career to maybe be a part of something something like an event or anything is there anything that it's like i wish i could be here or do this it'd be really cool to work in olympics in some capacity um i think that would be really special um and you know who knows what's going to happen with the olympics this year mm-hmm. um i don't really know maybe what defined role but to to, to work in olympic games that would be that would be pretty iconic um also to work the 2026 world cup FIFA World Cup here to to uh, be a studio host or in some capacity for that would be uh, would be a real dream come true and uh, yeah down down the road if there was an opportunity to get back into into soccer covering live matches maybe you know doing a, a pre halftime or post game show if there was an opportunity to do that that uh, that'd be something I'd, I'd I'd like to pursue for sure and, mm-hmm. and something to uh, to throw my hat in for but yeah doing Central right now Martin is a, it's a pretty dream job you know uh, I kind of always I, I don't know. Again, that, that assignment in eighth grade, I don't know if I wrote like that, uh, that Sportsnet Central desk style experience, but <laughs> I definitely kind of had that in mind the second I started university, that, you know, doing the, doing the desk, doing that news desk type of sports show, that would be, uh, that would be ideal. So uh, pretty, pretty blessed to have been doing it for the last uh, seven years. Yeah, it's awesome how it's all kind of unfolded and, and came to be, but just as we were talking, you know, there's, there's so much to do and I, not to like get out of that Sportsnet realm or anything like that, but I'm sure that one... Uh, being able to cover that Raptors championship last year in Toronto has got to be a career highlight. Yeah, that was really special. I mean, um, that didn't feel real until the parade, yeah. to be honest. Um, and, and then again, when they raised the banner, that was kind of like a new clincher. Yeah, uh, you know, that was just, now, it seems like it was a dream. Yeah, it really does. And uh, <laughs> that was, was, it's, it's really hard to put into words how you know, living in the, in the moment there, it still didn't feel real. And uh, watching them win in game six and uh, it was kind of an anticlimactic end there. There was like the ball was out, so they yeah. put the time back on the clock. And, yeah. and then it was like, okay, it's, it's real. They've won. Yeah. <laughs> did they really win? Did that, did that really happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was up after that too. I was up with Ivanka right after that. So that was that was pretty iconic. 
we were doing that post game show, feeling like uh, we were both just kind of walking on a walking on a cloud. Yeah. It felt so surreal that they they'd actually done it. You know, you'd, you'd watch this team struggle for so long, struggle for relevance, um, struggle to win games, um, struggle with star players who just couldn't get couldn't get over the hump. And um, you know, I remember being in, I was in England on vacation when the Raptors traded for Kawhi. So uh, five hours difference. Uh, I guess I, it would have been about four in the morning over here. And uh, I just had Twitter open uh, before I started the day. I forget what we were up to, but I just had Twitter open and it refreshes and Woj tweeted 12 seconds before Kawhi to the Raptors. So I jumped all over that. And, uh, a lot of people told me that I was the first person they saw tweet <laughs> that Kawhi was coming. I'm like, I just took it from Woj. But I think it was the advantage of being, advantage of being up, you know, at, uh, at, at the equivalent of four in the morning. Um, well, him being traded uh, while I was away on vacation, I, I did feel like I was kind of missing out on something. Like to, to be home for that and to be home for uh, for the introductory press conference was sort of a long time later. Um, but uh, I, I knew that, that season was going to be a big deal. And, and there was a lot of question marks. I mean, people didn't know if he was going to be up for playing. People didn't know how healthy he was, if he was going to, you know, really try and really give it. And, uh, I mean, uh, the season was just absolutely incredible. You know, one that Raptors fans will, will never forget. And, they might uh, they might match it with other titles, but uh, they'll never actually you know match that. You never forget your first, and uh, yeah. that year was pretty special for Raptors fans. Oh, 100 percent. The story in general, it just it makes that much of a difference, right? It was so special. I mean, like uh, all, all around, uh, you know, the, the the pieces that uh, the pieces that they had around Kawhi, uh, the Kyle's resurgence, uh, the emergence of Pascal, uh, Nick Nurse. You know, it was uh, the, the Raptors were finally finally able to to get over the hump. And they had to take a big risk and a huge gamble to do it, and they did it. And uh, you know, I got I got a lot of faith in them, and then this season too. A lot of people are writing them off. Uh, I listen to a lot of American radio, and they're always talking about how Milwaukee is the only team that can challenge the LA teams. And I'm like I don't know why they're sleeping on the Raptors like this. Without Kawhi, they're still yeah. you know still going to have a 60 win season, and um, they've dealt with uh, the insane injuries to to be still contending for second in the East. It's phenomenal with what they've had to deal with the injuries that they've gone through. So. I do think that the Raptors are going to make Eastern Conference Final, and I have, I, I really believe that they can beat Milwaukee. As incredible as Milwaukee's been, I think that the Raptors can become for the Bucks what LeBron and the Cavs were for the Raptors before the Raptors, you know, got over and, uh, and won the title. I, I think they can. I think they're in Giannis's head, and I think that they can uh, they can get Milwaukee's way in the in the East Final again. So we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, you heard it here first. that's awesome man I mean it's cool to be able to look back at all these things and kind of you know remember where you were and what you were doing and what you've been able to do involved in the in the sport you know so to kind of wrap it up for anyone out there in the field or anyone listening that might uh, you know want to be an aspiring journalist or anything like that in sports what advice would you generally give someone who's maybe trying to get involved yeah you know constantly be be trying new things if it's uh, it's blogging if it's uh, podcasting uh, you know, you're you're at school and you you've got these dreams of of being on TV or or uh, you know trying uh, trying to to get into the multimedia game. Um, so, you know, start early. We all we have uh, a lot more access to equipment and, and technology um, than we did 10 to 15 years ago, and, and that's that's definitely how you get your experience. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's just your your dad or your family or your cousins listening. Um, just try it out. It's all it's all about getting that experience. And uh, I, I say all the time that podcasting and radio in general has helped me huge. And, uh, comfort that you develop and talking in a room solo to yourself is uh, th- there's nothing really that matches it. So if, uh, if writing is your forte, start that blog and write all the time. Find different things to write about, not just the sport that that you love the most. 
Um, and then uh, if, if it's radio or multimedia, yeah, try podcasting because uh, you know there's no 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 secret that podcasting is super popular. There's there's uh, you know millions out there, but there's a uh, it's, it's really a great way to to gain a lot of experience and to experiment and try things. And so yeah, I'm all, I'm all about trying to podcast on the blog. Absolutely, man. Well, there you have it from a kid in Windsor or born in Windsor who made his way to Toronto and eventually was rubbing shoulders with Serge Ibaka after winning the NBA championship. Thanks a lot, man, for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for calling me, man. It was a pleasure. It was fun. All right, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan Dunlop on the Wind City Sports Podcast. A guy from right here in Windsor uh, went on to become one of the anchors on Sports Night. Turn on your TV any day of time, you might see his face on the panel <laughs> talking about God knows what. Covers everything in sports, and, and of course, as he mentioned, uh, there, he's done a lot, but you don't want to, uh, you, always, you always keep learning and you keep you keep going. You know, you, uh, you don't want to confine yourself to anything. There's something that I always. Uh, like to talk about with people we like to you know kind of ask what their goals or aspirations might be but not to you know start any sort of controversy or anything um but we like to you know know what what's in these people's heads sometimes you know um of course he he can stay with sports not his entire life and accomplish what he wants to accomplish by covering the olympics but at the same time i uh, might have to make a jump to do things like that right to cover different events and eventually maybe it'll be time uh, every every story is different and, and timing is is very important as well um, why i'm talking about that i don't even know but Bryn dunlop here on the wind city sports podcast great conversation with him earlier this week too i uh, decided to put it out right away a lot of times i hold on to these interviews just for whatever reason it might be and try and try and get as many done as possible so that i always have some content uh, for you I actually ended up doing like four or five this week prior to that i only had one in the bank and i'll leave that one a mystery as well it'll be a surprise i was going to put it out this week but i just wanted to push it back uh, we're getting away from hockey but uh now i'm like i want to bring some more guys in so we're going to look to get some more former windsor spitfires from that 2017 memorial cup championship and speaking of which after riding a five game losing streak the windsor spitfires snapped that streak on saturday at the wfcu center with a six to three win over erie they followed that up with a huge 10 to two win on Sunday over Kingston. Sunday's win also seeing the Spits clinch a 2020 OHL playoff spot. Currently sitting in fifth in the Western Conference, the Spits will have nine more regular season games, four of which are here in Windsor, and one is actually tonight. They welcome the Owen Sound attack to the WSU Center tonight at 7 p.m. They will be in Flint Saturday night and then back at the WSU Sunday afternoon for a 2 p.m. game when they take on the Kitchener Rangers. See WindsorSpitfires.com for more information. We got some news on our Lancers and our Win or uh, Saint Clair Saints uh, athletic teams as well. Uh, as you may know, uh, a lot of Lancer sports have come to an end. Uh, as mentioned earlier in the show, the men's volleyball playoffs ending in Kingston this weekend with a loss to Queen's University. Pierce Johnson was named the OUA West Division Player of the Year earlier this week, as well as fellow fellow Lancer uh, volleyball men's team members Damie Alaladi and Nolan Langley were named to the OUA second all-star team while rookie Steven Abrams was recognized with an all-rookie team selection. Track and field is still set for the U Sports Championships kicking off today in Edmonton. 
The St. Clair Saints men's basketball team will head into the OCAA championships this weekend. The tournament is held in Sarnia at Lambton College and will stretch from tomorrow through Sunday, Friday through Sunday. Uh, the men kick off the first round against Seneca College tomorrow. The women's championship will be hosted here in Windsor with the women kicking off the tournament with the same format as uh, the men's as mentioned uh, against George Brown. The Windsor Express have a home game here at the WFCU Center tomorrow night against St. John's Edge. They're coming off a loss to the second place in London Lightning. It's been a struggling year for the Express, and uh, following tonight's game, they will have a nice break before returning to the court at the WFCU Center on Wednesday. But it looks like that's it this week on Wind City Sports. My name is Drake DeMore, and I'm here every Thursday with a brand new episode of the Wind City Sports podcast and radio show. Podcast you can find wherever you're listening to it right now, of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are found, or you can directly go to windcitysports.com. On the radio show, we air on Thursdays at 12.30 and Tuesdays at 8 p.m. for the replay session on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. Hear highlights from these podcast interviews, music, and lots more local sports news, current and up-to-date as well. <laughs> you can check us out on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at WinCity underscore sports if you're trying to find us as well. WinCity is all one word, and same if you're trying to find the pod. Um, so give us a follow, subscribe, give us a review, whatever it may be. Uh, and also check out our Win City Sports YouTube channel featuring exclusive videos and interviews that aren't really on the pod and uh, previews and just uh, God knows what else might pop up on there. We have some fights, we have kickboxing fights, not just like street fights, um, some exclusive stuff like that. And uh, as mentioned, just uh, some coverage pieces on events and, and exclusive interviews. Uh, as most recently did the one on Hometown Hockey featuring Tara Sloan, Chris Draper, and Kirk Maltby. You can also follow me, Drake Demore, on Twitter and Instagram, at Drake Demore. But until next week, smell you later.